Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, it'll be me and Elliot, impromptu discussion, talking all things ducks. Our guests didn't show up, but that didn't stop us from having a great time and pumping out some great content. So stay tuned, guys, and hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, guys, so we're waiting for uh, Dennis from, or uh, Dr. Duck as well. So got Freelance alongside me today. How's it going, man? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Got an awesome video coming out Thursday I'm pumped about. Oh yeah, was it the snow goose one? Yeah, Golden Boy and my friend Jason went out and they shot 62 snows and Golden decided to take the camera gear with him, which he does from time to time. And man, they got some, they got the best GoPro footage that I've ever had on my GoPro for sure. Nice. Yeah, I watched part of that editing live stream you had there. Yeah, I was, you know, not hardly on watch that, which I didn't expect them to. It made editing a little more fun though. Yeah, yeah, that was a good idea. I thought so. But it's probably yeah, more geared towards other editors because I'm like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I know Wisconsin <laughs> hung around for a long time. He was he was giving me tips. He's like, oh, you should do this. He actually showed me something um, that I, I had done a much less efficient way, which as far as like putting audio on underneath different video things, I did it a way that was three times as hard as how he's like, oh no, just yeah. do this. <laughs> so you use iMovie. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm looking to upgrade to Final Cut Pro. Upgrade to Final Cut Pro. I just don't really want to spend the $300 right now. Yeah. Yeah. But Final yeah. Cut Pro. Who makes that? Which company? I don't know. I, don't I, know. Thought well, you, I thought when you were, I thought when you were saying that, uh, that it was the Adobe one, but it's Adobe oh, yeah, Premiere. It was. I was going to go to Adobe and then I got a trial like about probably last off season. I got an Adobe trial and it seemed so non-user friendly and my wife that uses adobe i don't know for her artwork i can't think of what it is but she says that those those adobe programs are not intuitive all at, at all and the learning curves really really tough on them and i and final cut pro gets really good reviews from everyone but just like not quite as as top-end professional as Adobe, but close, but the, it's a much more user-friendly. So as soon as I got my hands on Adobe, I'm like, oh, nope, uh-uh. You Final Cut Pro? Yeah, I couldn't even like learn how to, I couldn't even figure out how to split a clip. It was just like, there's certain things that you shouldn't take you forever to figure out how to do. Mm, yeah. And if it's the most basic of functions I'm feeling frustrated about, uh, I don't, <laughs> I'll go Do you use hotkeys and stuff or no? Um... I'm trying to think with me. No, not, I mean, not. I don't even know if you have them on iMovie. I mean, okay, everything I don't know. I'll try can pretty much be done just with right clicking. Okay. I mean, I don't do, I don't really, the kind of things I'm looking to do are really basic. Split a clip, shorten it, put it where I want it to, add a couple of transitions here or there, overlay some text. So, I mean, the stuff I'm trying to do is not overly complex. Gotcha. And probably never will be. I would like better transitions. And like right now I use uh, PicMonkey for um, text overlay because iMovie text overlay is non literally non-existent other than just setting up like a title bar or something. But if you just want to mm. put text on the screen itself, 
you cannot do that through iMovie. So I use PicMonkey. So I'm creating stuff on PicMonkey with transparent backgrounds and bringing them over. And it's just, so what ends up happening is I don't do a lot of the stuff I want to do just because I don't want to go. Huh. That yeah. It sounds like you need to upgrade. Cause I got like a cheap one. I got Filmora, Filmora and it's 50 bucks and you can do a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and it probably saves you some time too. Yeah. I'm definitely going to final cut pro. I just have to get to a point where I'm, I do want to spend the 300. Yeah. Is it 300 one time price then? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I was leaning towards Adobe, but I didn't know when it would be because theirs is like, what is it? Like, I can't remember, like fifty a month or something stupid. Like, <laughs> they have different tiers because they they offer so much stuff that mm-hmm. they have different packages. Oh yeah, you can get twenty dollars for one one mm-hmm. app. Yeah, because my wife is. God, what is this that she uses? Adobe. Gosh, I can't think. What Illustrator. It you said okay. for art, right? Hey Beth, what's the Adobe system use? Uh, Photoshop. Photoshop. Oh okay. And she's gotten really good with it, but man, it has that it is not user friendly program at all. Gotcha. What's up, Cody? What's up somewhere in Wisconsin? What's going, guys? Yeah, Wisconsin, you just me uh, missed me talking about how you had uh, given me some tips that I actually used yesterday. That I didn't know <laughs> on the editing. Let me see. Hmm. Well, <laughs> side story real quick. Um, so in that video yesterday, there's a yellow lab on there named Abby that was hunting with my friend Jason. Adorable dog. And there's several really good clips in the video of this dog. Well, apparently, um, Abby had a mass of some type in her stomach or something. And on that hunt, it ruptured. So that night, oh, wow. they had to rush her to the hospital and they had to put her down. Like this morning. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So Jason's been texting. He, you know, he would. Do, he actually did the whole spend the last seconds of his li- of her life with her, and ugh. that's awful. Oh, I know. I mean, she was fine. She retrieved like a champ on that video, and next day she's dead. Wow, that's crazy. So I'm gonna go back and redo the intro to that, and kind of talk a little bit, not too much, but talk a little bit about it, and because man, I mean, if you're if you're not, uh, I, I mean. I know dog owner, but when you hunt with a dog, I, I feel like, cause I've had hunting dogs and non-hunting dogs. It's a whole different bond than just your dog dog. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when Izzy goes down. Oh man. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. That was a sad deal. And he's got to tell his son tonight who he was at his son was out of town. He's like 11 or 12. So he's right, probably right now breaking the news to his, to his boy. Oh uh, yeah. That's, hmm. Dogs lives are too short, man. I know, aren't they? I wish I could have forever. <laughs> yeah. Like dogs are better than people and <laughs> But I'm glad I don't have my first dog still, I will say that. <laughs> she was nice. half lab, half golden retriever. I got her for like ten bucks out of the paper, right? Mm-hmm. And she had the most retrieving energy and desire of any dog that I've seen, but I had no training skills at all. So, I mean, this was just like a hard-headed, go-strong dog that just did whatever the heck she wanted, was not steady. I know one time I tied her um, leash to a bucket I was sitting on to try to keep her be steady. Well, I didn't realize that when I shoot, I stand <laughs> up. So I stood up, and she took just pulled my whole bucket with all my crap right out uh, of That's awful. She was a mess. But, I mean, she man, that dog, oh, she could retrieve, but 
If I if she had, <laughs> had a trainer, she would have been a fantastic. She has the drive, yeah. Just not the discipline. <laughs> yeah. What's up, and Ash? It's just the opposite. She's got not half the drive, but she's chill. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. take a calm dog that's easy to hunt with over a um, athletic, high-powered dog that's hard to hunt with any day. Gotcha. Is that kind of the difference between uh, Izzy and Candy? Mm-hmm. That's but, exactly the difference. Yep. But Candy's got a lot better, though, or, or at least you've well, maybe you've edited some of that out. <laughs> he's calmed down. She, she, I mean, my dad can't get her. Well, he spent – he got her when she was a year old, which I'll never do because my mom didn't really want a puppy. And she'd already been trained, but she was – so gun shy that it took him a whole year to get over being gun shy mm. all of his energy went into that and by the time she was over that he just hasn't been able to steady her so i i can't i don't ever want a dog that's not steady that i have to have on a leash it's just such a pain in the butt mm. you have done that with chief a little bit have him on a leash but he does good but like uh we had some trouble the first time he hunted with another dog and the other dog wasn't steady and he's like, well, what, what the heck? Like, why do I got to be steady? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. You so, have to be yeah. really careful who, what, doing that with your dog. Cause I mean, yeah, I don't think Izzy was unsteady maybe, but once or twice in her entire life until she started hunting with candy. Oh, and wow. Ever since then, it's been, now she's still steady 90% of the time, but certainly that unlocked something in her that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't even know that was an option until. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a little bit of trouble with Chief being gun shy. So, you know, I broke him in, but like I only did it like a few times and he was fine. And uh, I think the problem was, so I went hunting, like the first year I went hunting, I, I was just going like solo hunts by myself and I went like 11 times without getting anything. And he came with me all 11 times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I mean, I shot a few times, probably more than a few times and just was missing. Like, I was terrible when I first started. And... Uh, but he got gun shy because he was sitting too far in front of me. And I, I was shooting a uh, Satori over under is my, yeah. one of my grandpa's guns, Satori over under. And it's got like a 24 inch barrel or 26. It's like the Upland special. So it's real short barrel yeah. and it's got ported. It's got a ported, ported barrel too. So it's like loud and he was sitting a little too far in front of me. So he got the shock, shock blast from that. Yeah. And he wasn't gun shy until then. And then after that, he's like, you know, he doesn't, he didn't like, he, he would see me holding up a gun and he'd like flinch away. I wouldn't even be shooting. And so I had to work that out of him. And uh, you, once we, well, how'd you work it out? Just associating it with games. So once I start, started shooting birds, he's like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. Like when that yeah. gun goes off, this is awesome. Like he's still not perfect. Like, uh, you can see him like, uh, I think, uh, there's one, one shot this year on my Christmas day hunt where, you know, I aim up and I shoot once and I shoot the bird and he's looking at the bird and he flinches away. Like, but he's still like, you know, just, yeah. He just jumps away from it. He, he doesn't break or he doesn't, like, you know, run away from it. But, you know, he's not perfect. So, I think, yeah, I might have screwed him up a little bit with that. But Oh, Candy was so gun-shy that any little noise just completely – it took him a full year. It was it was just an act of genius training that he was able to get her over it. I mean, mm. he would How clap little things over her head while she was eating, which, which I did with Izzy. I mean, that's good to do, you mm. know, as you're rearing him, but – I mean, he had to work. I didn't think he would ever get her over it. So it was amazing that she's – and she's a good she's a good retriever. I probably don't highlight her near enough. Um, but she, she's a good little retriever. She's getting better and better. I mean, she's six now, which is kind of prime. And, I mean, she's, she's faster than Izzy. She's got a better nose than Izzy. She's got more drive than Izzy. 
I mean, as far as just retrieving ability, she's better than Izzy is. But she is not as easy to hunt with um, at, by any stretch of the imagination as Izzy is, which to me, living with both worlds is my preference. Now. All I want, all I need a dog to do is get everything they should get, maybe make a few retrieves that are a little better than that, uh, sit and don't be a nuisance during the hunt, and don't leave until I tell you to leave. If they'll do that, I'm good. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, about right, about right how it should be. I just What's don't, up? I don't really need, I don't know that I want to spend all the time it takes to get them to do all of the advanced, you know, like hand signals. And I'm at, maybe at some point in my life, I'll want to do that. Maybe if I lived in the country, because I'm, I live in the city now. I and mean, to get them to that level, you're going to have to take them places constantly. You can't yeah. do that kind of stuff in your backyard. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need a, if I, if I lived in the country and I had a field or something, then maybe, but I mean, it takes a lot of work to get a dog where they're doing 500 yard blinds and, you know, no. I mean, you, it has to be a hobby of yours and training is not something that I enjoy. I enjoy having a dog. I wouldn't say that I enjoy, I'm not, it's not a passion of mine to train. Yeah. Yeah. I might try some of the hand signal stuff, but like, I'm not going to go like insane, like, you know, the 500 yard blinds or anything like that. Like, like I just want to be able to like, I think where I'd stop at, like, I want to be able to like get the whistle sit mm -hmm. and be able to like give him a direction. Mm-hmm. Cause like right now, Chief knows when I point a direction that I want him to go that way, but mm -hmm. he's like, and he'll start going that way. He's like, nah, I think it's actually over here, and so he won't like, yeah. he won't follow it very far. But he knows I, I'm pointing in a direction or back, but he just doesn't finish. I have done. I went through a time where I did some blind work with Izzy, um, with bumpers on both sides, and then getting her to go one direction or another. And I didn't do very much. Um, but just from that alone, if she doesn't know where the bird is, she will take a hand signal. Mm. If, now, if she knows where it is, now there's no there's no whistle. It's just yelling her name. And if she thinks she knows where it is, she's not going to stop and look at all. But once <laughs> she gets to the point of, okay, I don't know where it is, and I can get her to look at me, which she will, then she'll take a hand signal and, and go the proper way. So if I, yeah. if I worked with her at all on that, she would be good at it. Because, I mean, I bet, you're only, I bet you only did it five to ten 15 times ever in her life. And just from that, she'll do it to that low level. So if I actually had worked on it, I bet she would be, I don't like whistles in the field. Um, just because I, I don't have a problem with people who want to do it. I think it breaks the silence so greatly on in public marsh that I just don't personally want to be the guy screaming on a whistle in a marsh. I mean, yeah, my dad yeah. has one, and every time he's just railing on that thing, I'm just like, it just, I just cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, but if if you have like an obedient dog, I guess you probably only have to do it like you don't have to like rail on it. You probably, I don't know. I guess I don't have any experience. Yeah, from what I've seen, they give one whistle and they sit. Where my dad's like screaming <laughs> candy and going. <laughs> I've never seen her listen to that thing either. <laughs> I joke gotcha. with Dan and Corn. I'm like, I am gonna steal that whistle. I am gonna steal it. <laughs> that needs to be one of your pranks, like, or you put something in it and it. I don't know. <laughs> it sprays out the other end when he's blowing it. So speaking of pranks, um, my dad has. We've got this idea for how my dad's gonna get back at Corn for the old dog food thing. Oh yeah. Jeff is always claiming, and it's true that my dad shoots his decoys because. My dad will love, love to shoot ducks like with their toes touching the water as they're coming in landing where I'll take them three, about three yards above that, you know, 
So inevitably he's putting holes in, in decoys. And it always seems like he's putting holes in corn decoys. And so it's something that Jeff complains about regularly. I mean, every time we're on hunt, he's griping and complaining about it. So the whole prank that we've talked about, and I don't know if we'll ever actually do it, but the whole prank that we've talked about is my dad will bring along some decoys some that are similar to Jeff's and have them or, or the same. And then the next time, the next time Jeff starts ragging about that, my dad will act like he's had it and he's so mad and he'll just start intentionally blowing <laughs> Jeff's decoys away one after another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> but he's got to have the replacement decoys with him. You know? <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> that's the idea. Dude, that's know. a good one. I like it. Yeah. We'll see. I might, I might need to incorporate. I, I can't think of any pranks with my, with my crew. But yeah, you guys have a good time. So, yeah, we're not big on pranks, but that dog food one saved that whole video. That video would have just sucked without that dog food. Prank. I honestly, don't remember anything else about that video. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing else. It, oh man, that was the worst. Oh my gosh, when we walked out of that place, we had never hunted there because it was up by the lease, and my dad had scouted it. And he knew there was quite a few birds there. And we just didn't know what to expect. And uh, when we walked out, literally there was a hunter every 50 yards. Hmm. I mean, we wanted to leave earlier, but but it was not even safe. Because even oh, where wow. we were, there was just getting rained on constantly. Hmm. So I've only had that happen once where it's getting rained on. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I felt like I was pretty far away. Yeah, well, you can get rained on. You can tell the difference because you can get rained on from 150 yards. But when it comes down, it comes down so lightly that it's different than getting rained on from like 50 yards. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like the trajectory, just a lower path. So they're shooting like lower birds. See, I was ima- I think when we got shot, they're probably shooting straight up or something because like we were – maybe I'm a bad judge of distance, but I want to say like – we're at least 200 to 300 yards away, but cause like we were, there was uh two creeks in between us and we were on the river. And so <laughs> it seemed like a good distance away. And yeah, I was surprised that we're getting rained on. Yeah. But just shot from that far, it's got a different sound to it. It's got a very light hitting sound. Cause it's yeah. also set out that you're not getting very much of it. When it's in close, it's like your head, your head goes down. Some of that mm-hmm. around here, my, the story I heard was some guy got shot in the eye mm. uh, around here somewhere. Huh. And he'd actually confronted these people. They came and set up on him and his son. And he went and confronted them and said, you guys are too close. You need to move. And they were acting uh, obstinate about it, wouldn't leave, sprayed that guy, and ended up he took a pellet in their uh, BB in the, in the eye, was my understanding. Wait, they did it on purpose? They didn't do it on purpose, but they set up too close and they wouldn't leave when he told them they were too close. Hmm. And then as the natural hunt progressed, yeah. he got sprayed and, and took one either in the eye or in the face or or something. Do you know if he lost his eye? Cause that'd be... I don't know. I didn't. I never actually heard. I mean, this may be, who knows, by the time the story got to me, it may be. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been just BBs hitting their blind, and then next thing you know, I can't remember. I can't remember where I heard it. Whether I heard it from on the forum somewhere, or I I don't know. Gotcha. But it's no joke. I mean, spraying people from that distance. Yeah. Hmm. Well, looks like uh, main. uh, Looks like Doctor Duck's not gonna is gonna be a no show today. So, 
That's unfortunate. I'll try to reschedule him. See what happens. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. I bet he's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, uh, I don't know, maybe mix up on time zones or who knows. Yeah. So is he ever is he a full time waterfowler? I don't think he is, is he? Um, I don't think so. I'm not sure though. I'm not positive. I was looking forward just to finding out more about him after I watched. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks pretty cool, and uh, yeah, I really liked his feature films. They're just uh, and they're done by Canna. Is it Canna Outdoors? Have you heard of them before? C A N A. C A N A. I think that's what it is. How would you pronounce it? Canna. Canna, yeah. Okay, yeah, but they make like high quality videos all the time. Like uh, they have really good ones, like for elk hunting and everything. They do a lot of work with Sitka. Where, where do you see? Where can you see their their videos? Where Other, can I, yeah. I? I don't know. I've just seen it, you know, here or there because uh-huh. I just watch outdoor videos on YouTube. Like uh, I think they did the linguist. Have you seen that one? Uh huh. The linguist. It's a uh, an elk hunting one. It's about an elk caller. He's, I guess, he's a famous elk caller, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, because they just have like such good like stories too, and it's just so vis- visually appealing, and they just do a really good job. Even like even like you just like listen to like the music they choose and all that kind of stuff. And like you know, being an editor or like editing videos, I'm always like tuning into that stuff a lot, and uh, I'm like, man, this guy's a genius, you know. <laughs> so yeah. he puts he puts together good stuff. Now, uh, one of the videos I was watching a Doctor Duck yesterday and i don't remember which one it was but apparently he was contacted by them via instagram from his instagram account he was by sitka by canna oh okay and canna was probably working for instagram then i i I don't know um but he he kind of made it sound like they had done a bunch of films with him but i've only i've only seen i think i've only seen three maybe they don't post them all on youtube i don't know the way he made he made one comment about about it that just I, I made the inference that they've done quite a few, mm. and so I, that's why I was like, where 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 can you find these? Because they do a fan, they do they're they're phenomenal. Um, so sometimes with those types of things though, with those types of videos, I, they're a story that I that they don't really sometimes they don't tell the story. They get so into the cinematography of it that they don't actually give you the experience of it. And I wish that, that they would combine it better. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I know some of them are better than others. Like the linguists for sure though, they do like a really good job with the story as well. But I mean, even if you're not an elk hunter, just like purely for like cinematography, cinematography reasons, it might, it's, it's just cool to watch it, you know? Yeah, for sure. The visuals on the the video that they did of him on there when they went out northwest. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, they were down in the worst weather possible. What seemed to be day after day. Man, the visuals in that were stunning. Yeah. And they they do such a good job with like the the things like you wouldn't notice, like the sound effects. Like I don't know if you know if you want to call them sound effects, but like I mean, it's really getting into like the details of it, but like they'll have like somebody laughing and it sounds like somebody's like, cause they're in like their setting was like, they're in uh, like a cafe somewhere, mm-hmm. like an outdoor cafe. And when yeah. like someone tells a joke, you know, they laugh a little bit. And then like, you can hear like some guy like laughing 
in the background. I'm like, you don't even know if that guy actually laughed, but like in the video, it kind of adds to it. And they just do that like throughout the thing where you got like the guns going off and then it sounds like, uh, like an echoey kind of reverby. I don't know. They yeah. just do some really cool stuff. And then I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know how you do this or like, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. Like you said, to combine it, like have that kind of cinematography. I don't even know if it's achievable with like the vlog style. Mm-hmm. Because like I always try to put like a little tiny clip of like, you know, some type of cool editing. It'd be cool to be able to do it on that level. Just have that yeah. little clip and then have your vlog as well. Yeah, I think Slade and Kurt and Jack's Minson Slade, I think that some of his, I think, kind of achieved that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're still a little on the cinematography heavy side. Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I, I mean, I want, I want, I want the experience. Like, like on Slade's, I, I want to get to know him, and he's done definitely done that more so with some of the stuff he's done recently. Yeah. But you don't ever, you don't ever really get to kind of figure out the people and, and make the connection. So I, I'm sure it's coming. So yeah. Well, they only do like how to combine the two perfectly. Yeah. It's well, not going to that. Maybe it'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling just to get out what I get out, you know, yeah. like two, you got to like the other part is you got to like be like so creative to come up with all of that. You know, you got to have a story and a premise and like be able well, to visually show it. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of editing, which is a problem too. Yeah. You don't make those high um, creativity videos in three or four hours of editing. Yeah. Talking 30, 40. Yeah. Hours. So it's probably not even possible vlog style if you're going to do like, like a whole season. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good format for that. I don't know, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of happy medium where you can get it done in a week. I guess it'd probably take being full-time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're full-time and you hunted one day and then edited for 8 to 10 hours the next day, mm-hmm. even if it was like three days later yeah. and you could put out one video or two videos out a week, Mm-hmm. Well, that's if you have successful hunts, you know, because you don't want to like spend all that time on like a video. You get like two ducks or something. Well, it depends. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just, yeah, it's, I think it's harder to make a good visually appealing video without the waterfowl. Yeah. No, no doubt. What's up, Michael? Let's go. Hmm. hmm. Well, do you want to shoot off onto some type of topic? You know, uh, give them some insight and knowledge. I don't know what it'd well, be. Well, the, the topic at hand, which is supposed to be scouting, is not exactly my forte because I was thinking about it today about scouting and what I could or couldn't add to that discussion, and I, I, I and I really wanted to talk to. Um, Dr. Duck about it because in some of his videos, I mean, I think scouting is like, yeah, he says in one of them that that's what he really loves to do. Yeah, oh, just like not only why where the ducks are, but why they're in an area. And that was I really wanted to talk to him about that. Yeah, I'm scouting around here. I feel like it's if you're a field hunter, scouting is a million times easier than if you're a marsh hunter because 
for us to get our eyes on all of the pools that we have access to, that's not just going out and putting some gas in your, in your vehicle and driving. It involves way much more than that. And so it's, it's tough. It, it's, it's tough to, to scout public marshes, depending on the marshes too. Like in the middle of the state, prairie marshes are very easy to scout. Um, but here in the Northeast part of the state where we've got a lot more trees, it's a difficult task. It yeah. involves getting out of your truck and, and getting down in places, putting your boat in. And I mean, it's not, it's not easy. It involves a lot of time. Yeah. That's how it is for me too. And I'm on a river a lot of the times and with a canoe. So, and then I try to do that before work and get all sweaty and, <laughs> and then I got to show up later to work. And, uh, I mean, but sometimes I get the best information scouting, like when I'm hunting, but like, you're not covering as much ground necessarily, but I mean, you can only scout in my opinion, you only can scout one place thoroughly, like one, one spot a day. And you know, if you go there and then there's nothing there, you know, or there's something there, maybe it's a Thursday and you want to hunt it on Saturday. It could change by then. So yeah, yeah. I was, I was definitely hoping to, you know, hear what he heard, like, or what he figured out as far as like, you know, he's saying like what you're saying, um, why they're at one spot that looks the same, but not in another spot. And like, I've wondered that myself. I'm like, you know, I'm out here. I'm like, you know, or I'm driving and I look at a pond. I'm like, that looks just like someplace I hunt, but I never see any birds there. Or like, you yeah. know, same thing. Yeah. In so. the place where we shot the majority of our mallards this year, we hunted that same place about out of about 33 hunts. We, I hunted there like 10, 11 times. And that's where I shot the bulk of my mallards from. And on that, that, that place has never, ever had mallards. Now I've hunted it about, six seven years now and i've shot a lot of ducks there but typically it's a mixed bag um some of which being mallards but this year it was like mallards ringheads and redheads and the mallards were in there by the thousands and they've never ever been in there by the thousands before oh yeah that so, is strange and it's a it's a uh lily pad marsh or american lotus and american lotus have these i call them pelican nuts because the place i call it is pelican they're actually edible and we've harvested them and made them up into like stir fry and stuff. And they're, they're actually really good. And I've always wondered, cause they're smaller than acorns. And I've always wondered why in the world would mallards not eat these? If they love acorns, why would they not eat these? So now I'm thinking, well, maybe it's simply a water level, like depth of water type of thing mm. where maybe this year, the water level was perfect for them to tip and get them. Cause it was a little bit lower this year than normal. And so maybe they love them, but the water level has to be, a certain depth for him. Hmm. That that and that's one. That's the main thing I wanted to talk to him about. Um, was that? Because I mean, they they were in there by the thousand in early November when we get we get the bulk of our mallards December and January, and starting the first week of November, all of November. I mean, there were thousands and thousands of mallards in there. And most everyone else's reports were, well, there's not that many ducks around. We're not doing that well, not that many mallards. And we're just slaying them. And I'm wondering if it's strictly because of these American lotus seeds. Hmm. Kind of my hypothesis. Yeah, I wondered because uh, I know like uh, I remember at that time this year when you're talking about you, you, you kept putting out all these videos of limits and then I'd like switch over to like outdoor limits. And he was struggling at the same time. Like they're both from Kansas. And he's like. No ducks. I'm like, oh, maybe they live in different parts of the state, but. Well, we're only an hour and a half away. So oh, yeah. Now, yeah, and he was saying there's no ducks in the state during that time. Yeah. Uh, 
Now the zone he hunts, he his zone is he opens a week later than um so basically that hot stretch was from the week before he's open until his opening weekend. Oh. We about, and he, they shot their limit on opening weekend. Okay. Gotcha. Now, it slowed down after that, but we were still doing really well there. But it did slow down. The year before that, his area was hot, and I, I, mine was terrible. Mm-hmm. Which, because it was totally opposite the year before. I'm saying there's no ducks around, there's no ducks around, not seeing them, and they were pounding limits on public. Yep, so, I remember that. Gosh, who, who knows? Now, the big in our area, there's one particular pool that I believe is the key factor to the whole area. Because when that pool is is full of food, the ducks night feed in there and then spread out during the day. I mean, you'll roll in there in the dark and you'll hear quacking thousands and thousands and, boop, you know, sun comes up and they're gone, which is pretty typical of marshes around here. It's happened quite a bit. I've seen it happen quite a bit. And so my, my theory is that because um, if you notice in those videos, there's hardly any competition on that pool that we were hunting. And my theory is that that's where they're going. That's where they're going to loaf. So they're there in the and day. So this as well. year we've got they planted millet out the butt this year in that one pool that I think is the key factor to the whole area. And last year and the year before, with all the flooding, they didn't have good duck food in that one pool. And so mm. I th- I consider that pool to kind of be the key to the whole area. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, my main spot that I hunt that I have the best success. I have two roosts within. Uh, like less than 10 minute and they're like major roosts and uh so the birds are just you know either they're coming from one roost or the other and they're just coming in that area so um i mean i guess having the double roost is the only thing i can think of that's different that puts that apart from a lot of the other areas and it's like off the river up a creek and there's like two creeks that feed right into it and it makes this pool back there are you the only guys that hunt that no there's uh so um, I get access from a farmer before I'd paddle up the river and it took me like 45 minutes. So ended up uh, talking to the farmer and I got access in there, but the other, he lets, um, I think there's two or three other groups that can get access in there. So um, that's unfortunate because, you know, he's got like a path through his woods down to that, that Creek. And then you can either put your, you know, canoe or kayak or whatever, or you can just walk in across the Creek um into that little pool and uh so yeah there's other people can hunt it and you'll have other people come up the river and set up pretty close to you now what about that place with that little blind the one that got early season man it's been a long time since i've seen it i think you almost got like stuck in the mud in there or something didn't you oh okay yeah that's actually on the same river and uh that's a weird looking little place, a cool looking little place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like a river and um, it's got like a, a horseshoe that comes off the river and the water flows through it. But um, like all in this section, it's kind of marshy. So I always call it like a marsh, but it's it's a river and the river like spreads out and it's got this horseshoe that goes around and connects back to the river right next to that blind. And so there's this like big marshy section that I don't know why it floods like that, but you know, it's flooded like that. It's full of millet. And there's a blind on public land in there. And there's another blind further down that people hunt um, also on public land. And then um, that marshy or that uh, that pool that I'm 
that I go to is up the river from that a little ways, and it's got two creeks that go in there off the river, and there's a pool that's created between those two creeks. And then if you follow that creek even further, uh, there's another blind out there that most people don't know about. But I've only hunted it once, and I didn't kill anything, so I don't know if it's. Why didn't good. you go back? It seemed like you guys were hitting that place pretty hard early season. Why? Why did you go away from it? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, let's see. I think that we just, we had some, anytime I would have gone to it, I just would, I went to that pool back in the area that's close to it on the river and just, I do pretty good there. And uh, let's see, did I ever, I hunted it one time in late, late season goose and got skunked. I, I came in there and they're actually roosting. The geese were roosting about like two or 300 of them on the ice right next to it so i busted them away i stayed till like noon and nothing came back you getting comfortable chief <laughs> he's moving around in there making all kinds of noise i can just barely see his little nose hey come here buddy come here come out here Kill dog. <laughs> he's pretty chill so yeah i don't know maybe i should have gone there more uh, but we shot last last year, late season. We shot the last two weekends of goose season. We shot uh, limits both days, two man limit. So that blind does pretty good. Sometimes it's when I go back and look at my hunt records, which is one reason I love having hunt records. Um, it's it because I'll I'll get into a certain place. Like oh, this year, I hunted this place a ton, and then like the next year, I didn't hardly hunt it at all. And it seems to go from year to year. Like the place we hunted so much this year, we hadn't hunted it for hardly at all for like three years. We'd just been off focusing on other pools. And and when we did peek in there, we weren't seeing it. But, you know, it's just interesting from year to year how you start kind of getting, at least we do, getting attached to certain pools in certain areas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that pool, I, was, I call it the honey hole. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I almost, like you're saying, I'm attached to it. Like – even if I don't have like good knowledge of like what's going on there, I'm like, what's well, the honey hole? Like it's going to produce like, and it, I mean, you can go in there. Like, uh, I went in there on Christmas day with my sister. Um, the one with the blind or the one you were hunting more late? Not the, that no, one. it was the one with the blind, but that was the, the blind got destroyed there. Oh, it did. Yeah. So well, I you were talking about that. I remember <laughs> you talking about it. One time. Yeah. So the story okay. with the blind is, I don't know who did it, but, um, so there's a blind that's in that pool. It's on public property. And, uh, I mean, there's a few people that hunt it. Um, most of the time if I go, well, if you go on a weekend, sometimes you can't get it, but it's always just like been like first come for serve. No one cares. Um, if you get it great, if not, you go somewhere else. I mean, just like hunting anywhere else. But, um, for whatever reason, uh, somebody just went in there and just destroyed it. Like, I don't know what they took, like a crowbar to it because the walls were smashed, the bench was smashed, the roof was thrown off of it. And so I had like, well, I just thought that it was somebody that was there and got mad that they kept getting beat. Somebody who got access was getting mad that people keep beating them to the spot. So they're like, well, I'll just destroy the blind and people will stop coming here. But um, I mean, I still just, I sit on the shore, you know, in the brush and shoot limits still. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. all you did is make it more difficult for everybody. Is the blind illegal? I mean, can you have permanent blinds in Indiana? Um, it might be illegal. Cause I can tell you, and I don't know if this makes me a jerk or not. If, if it's a place that I love to waterfowl hunt 
and you put a permanent blind in there in Kansas and I find it, I'm going to rip it out. Yeah. Well, the thing about this is it's been there. Like I've talked to people and this blind, like there's another guy I know he's the same age as me and he's been hunting, um, our area since he was, you know, like five or uh, 10, I don't even know what age, but so it's been there for like 20 years at least minimum. Yeah. So like, I think that that's kind of different. It's probably, I feel like it's grandfathered in, you know, it's a spot that's all those blinds on there. Like you can see like where the roof's been rebuilt like four times. Yeah. So it's yeah, just kind of like totally different. That is, and where I've done that a couple times is that place where we were panning all those mallards this year. Because the thing about people putting blinds on public land is typically when they do it, then they feel like it's their spot. Yeah. Yes, and it is. It's not. And I've, I've had this conversation with people before that some people like, you know, that's my, I've never, I'm not in the field, but just like in, in theory, some people feel like if they build a blind, that's their spot. And it's like, if it's public land and you build a blind, it means nothing. It's mm. me. Yeah. But if I get to that, then it's my blind. And so if I see little, I've seen a couple too, I can think of that during the spring when I was out, um, they have them up and still up where they've got just, they've taken wire and poles and stuff. And they're out in that place that I hunt consistently. And I'll, I will rip those down every single time. Gotcha. Cause see, it's, illegal, think- it's illegal to have in Kansas. You can put up a blind during season. But you cannot have it up off. So you have to take it down off season. Mm. So see, if it's there just... season and someone builds it, I'm not going to touch it. But the second I see it off season, it's coming down. I think now, Indiana's not, a little like bit different. Like if it's an old one like that, which I do know of a couple like that in places that I don't that I don't hunt that much, that I wouldn't I wouldn't touch something like that. But if it's like a place that I consider one of my spots, I don't want someone else coming in and some, somehow thinking it's now theirs just because they yeah. threw up a couple, mm-hmm. you know. He actually called the DNR and, and talked to him about it this year because I wanted to put in some blinds in some of the places I hunt. And yeah, they got some like rules like you can put it in, but it's like, I can't remember what month. You got to have it out by April and then you can put it in like August or something like that. So you have to, it has to be able to come down and go back up or something like that. So it can't be like a permanent blind. And yeah, so they, they say you can't like monopolize a spot with a blind mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of strange rules, but yeah. There's some unwritten rules because I I know on the Missouri river, I've been told this by um, the department of wildlife and park guy when I was talking to him, when I moved to this area, I was going to try to hunt the Missouri river because I literally live like a 10 minute drive from the, from the Missouri river, but we just don't hunt it. It, It's a, it's a whole different animal to try to tame. It's much bigger than the Kansas, much deeper, much scarier and uh much more treacherous for dogs anyway when i was talking to the department of wildlife and parks guys on the phone about it he flat out said there are guys that have been hunting this these sandbars for years and if you set up on their sandbar they'll run right up on you and be extremely territorial about it they'll say my family's been hunting this this sandbar for you know 40 years i guess they get really really um, demonstrative about it too is what this guy said because he was warning me about it hmm. which bogus but <laughs> yeah so yeah the the reason I, I remember the reason why I called the DNR and the, the blind thing is because I was actually scouting this pond um, and it's public access but there's a blind on it and I'm like and it had a no trespassing sign on the blind <laughs> oh my gosh and so I'm like 
you, you can't do that, I'm pretty sure. And so, you know, I call him and he's like, well, you can have it. Like, he seemed kind of like it was almost like a gray area. I'm like, well, you're not supposed to, but people do. And I'm like, either you can or you can't. Like, <laughs> and if you, if like, if, if, if it's one of those old ones, then, you know, people don't mind everybody going in it because no one, yeah. no one even remembers who built it. Absolutely. So, yeah. No Actually, Sign, that would not sit well with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just stayed clear of it actually. I mean I thought about I'm like what like I thought about just going in it and hunting it. Mm-hmm. But then I knew if they shoot if they showed up and I was in it, like Yeah. They'd be super mad. But then that's like, the whole problem. That's why those type of blinds need to be destroyed when off season. Yeah. Because you didn't feel like that you could hunt it on public yeah. land. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. without without a, some kind of big confrontation. Yeah, but like the thing is, I've never seen anyone else hunting on that in that pond, and uh, so like I figured like I'm gonna be the only person there. Like if I destroy it or like anything, they're gonna like immediately know it's me. So I'm just like I don't know. I, know. I just don't. I didn't want to deal with the hassle, so I just sat in my canoe. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So I mean, I want the confrontation like that too. Yeah, yeah. It's just not worth it at the end of the day, especially yeah. like with crazy people. I mean, they could be crazy. You never know. Yeah. Crazy person with a gun. Let's just avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. That place that we hunted opening day teal season, apparently there were several fist fights out there <laughs> that day in that general area. Man, you guys like in Kansas, all the videos I've seen coming out of Kansas during teal season, like one, you guys slam and two, it's just so many people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on, it depends on the area that, the where the area that I hunt here, we can go out, like if you look at the second teal hunt video from this year, you can go out to places and not see anybody, but you're only going to shoot a teal or two. Hmm. So Is that the, a, what about the one where you and Golden went? Didn't you guys get a limit or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, but, I mean, that that spot, I mean, we, we basically had that. For, for opening teal, we had that all to ourselves. How'd you manage that? Just a secret spot or? Well, I, there, there's a little spot right there that, it's kind of like the marsh it comes out of the marsh and there's just a little back pool and it's just almost impossible. I mean, for someone to come and set up on us, they had had to have been pointing right at us from like 60 yards. Mm. So you just had to be first there pretty much. Yeah. We had to be first there. And then there was another group probably 200 yards in the pool back behind us. So it was just almost impossible to set up too close to us where we were there. I, I found all those birds in that spot. Cause I, I was there the, the day early so I scattered in the morning and I saw just hundreds and hundreds of teal dumping into that spot. And then I went back out that night and they were still there. So we just got up so early. And is but there, there were fewer people back in there than I even expected there. Well, also that area is under renovation. And so the main pools of that area were dry. And all the word on the forums and everything was that area was completely shot for the whole season. Mm. So So no one showed up. So a lot less people showed up. Yeah. Hmm. so it seemed like you guys were doing like little like pop shots you'd be like one bird at a time yeah so how come you avoided like were you just trying to like you know take conservative shots you didn't like you know just shoot three times and yeah well i mean there was so many i mean we limited out in 25 minutes yeah yeah you still did pretty fast yeah. Yeah. there were so many birds flying every which way that it was overwhelming and so i just wanted i knew how many birds were in there i knew we were going to shoot our limit so I just wanted to take, we just wanted to take, I mean, taking our time, it was 25 minutes limit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, I'm just like, so 
crazy and so much visual stimulation. Yeah. It was just more fun to do it that way. And I had decided I wanted to get off to a good start with my shooting percentage too. I there mean, you go, yeah. you could, I don't know how many birds we could have shot. I'm, I mean, you Limits. could have been shooting your gun literally almost <laughs> every single second. So the limit is six though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I bet you we could have shot 50 each. Oh, wow. It was, it was insanity. Yeah. Cause there's a ton you guys passed up. Oh, we passed up. I mean, just constant. And you'd have like, there'd be good shots. I'm like, shoot it. Shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I went, um, I think we only missed one shot combined. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good shooting. See, I, I just don't have the patience yet. Maybe that'll come with like more years of experience, but like if there's birds, I'm just like, I mean, that's probably bad to say, but, but like I get, you know, excited and I'm trying to shoot my triple or whatever. Well, also too, it was so early and the way that we were sitting and I wish I'd had the GoPro in a different place because it was actually lighter out than the GoPro looked like at the time. But the place we were sitting, they were coming and getting right in the where the bank was behind them. And so it was hard to even see them a lot of times. So you wouldn't see them till they're like in in your set. Yeah. And, and so, they're so that, fast. that was as much of it as anything else. It's just that I, I didn't want to shoot at because once they, they'll be coming through and they drop in where they've got the bank behind them and you can lose them real fast. Mm. So that, and they, and it was all, I mean, all, all those passes were like, you know, five to 15 to 20 yards. It was all happening so fast that it was just, oh my gosh, it was, it was great. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Then you combine the tornado the night before that whole trip was <laughs> something else. Wait, was that? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking that about was the tornado. The actual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Like everyone, all my family members, everyone were calling me and they're like, get out of there. Man. My <laughs> uncle actually owns a place within a mile of there. Um, I'm like, you know, well, it's not like going to kill us probably. <laughs> well, my uncle was watching it on satellite. He's like, he knew where it was. He mm -hmm. knew where the tornado was. There you go. It was yep. 15 miles from us. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only birds we had, like crazy birds like that for us was uh, like the last week of the season. Well, I guess we had that six-man limit too, but um, but I mean, we had birds just flying everywhere out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I shot limits like two or three times in a row at the same spot. But yeah, we just don't get till like you guys get. So we had... Uh, or I think the most till I shot in a single day was three and that was a solo hunt. So we wouldn't have shot much more with, if I had another guy with me <laughs> where we get the teal is the middle part of the state. So some guys refer to it as the hourglass. So you've got Cheyenne bottoms and the place we we're hunting, which I'm not going to give out the name of and, and one other that are prairie marshes and the habitat in those prairie marshes is just perfect for teal. They plant, I mean, it's shallow, it's pack, packed full of seeds, so all the birds kind of funnel hourglass shape down through this middle section of the state. Mm. And so entire Kansas, like my area, we don't have teal like that at huh. all. So you not go to the, center. it's a very specific part of the state. So you go to like the central zone where I, yeah, around where I grew up. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the, yeah, the central zone. And, and so like Cheyenne bottoms is a well-known place and we go to a little smaller place that, um, but the, those places just get absolutely lousy with teal. But the it's it's very, very isolated to that central funnel. Gotcha. But it's typically easy limits on the opener of the early zone and also that opening teal season. You're going to probably limit out pretty much every year on those times. Nice. 
All right, well, I guess let's open it up to uh, some Q&A. If you guys got some questions for Freelance or myself, then, you know, go ahead and drop them in the comments. Well, Kurt says, have you guys dealt with any anti-hunters this year? I have not. I, uh, I, heard when, I heard word of some guys out with orange back in the late 90s waving around flags when my cousin was out there. But other than that, I've never seen any anti-hunters. Nope. I mean, uh, I've, I've talked to some, well, I work, (laughs) I work like in an office, not a lot of people there that grew up with like a country upbringing or I don't know how you, like an outdoors upbringing. So like they just don't understand hunting at all, you know? Um, so like I haven't dealt with any, like I wouldn't even say they're anti hunters. They just don't understand it. They're like, you go out and you shoot ducks. Like, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and I eat them. Uh, like, I just don't understand. So, for me, yeah. that was a shock because I, I mean, my grandpa hunted, my, you know, it's just part of life, you know, hunting and being outdoors and they just don't understand any of that. They just want to like go to Chicago and shop or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to let you in on this question. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. All right, go ahead. All right, somewhere in Wisconsin, besides Chef RD, I guess that's for a uh, freelance um, favorite blind snack. I like, uh, you know, summer sausage, like deer summer sausage or uh, uh, deer snack sticks, pretty good. I'm sure you're a fan of those, being a deer hunter yourself. Hey guys, if you're still here, well, since you're still here, do me a big favor, hit that like button see if we can get that going up what's up Kirk and Jack's outdoor Kurt not Kirk sorry deer jerky uh, yeah I like deer jerky as well uh, another good one is actually goose jerky I don't know if you've ever tried that but um, I had my butcher. I did this last year. I didn't do it, th- do it this year. Um, but I had my butcher uh, cut up my uh, goose breasts into thin slices, and then I uh, dried it up, and well, smoked it to dry it up, cure it. Pretty good that way. Sorry about that. I wouldn't have gone if I wasn't about to see <laughs> my pants. No problem. No problem. They want to know uh, what your favorite blind snack is besides Chef RD. Uh, you know, we, we typically have granola bars. Hmm. My dad you... brings, my dad will bring about four or five granola bars, kind of the good kind. Um, and then we'll have, we all bring cans of soup. Hmm. Have you ever tried a uh, goose jerky? Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, I have. Okay. I made that last year. It's pretty good. I didn't make any this year. Cause I made like. I don't even know. I got sick of it because I made uh, probably like 30 pounds or something stupid. <laughs> I tried to make duck jerky myself one time and it became out like the consistency of peanut brittle. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, it had a good flavor, but it's just... <laughs> it <was laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Either do it too long or too short. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to maybe put some goose in to have turned into brats and sausages. Mm, Golden nice. did that last one. They turned out really good. I made, uh, well, I sent mine off to be made into summer sausage, and it was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I had uh, 28 pounds of it and I ate it all before like January. <laughs> nice. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, what's your favorite brand of decoys? Um, that's from Kurt and Jack's Outdoors. Uh, mine is Craigslist Special, just whatever. Um, and then I like Mojo's. So we have switched over this year. Golden Boy bought uh, a dozen flocked Dakota decoys. And then my dad bought a dozen flocked Avian X. And I love those flocked decoys. After a year, I, I think that the Avian X have held up better than the Dakota decoy. Uh, uh, I think they're a better a better decoy but i'm loving those um flocked so we're we've been running a lot of times five six dozen uh decoys so this year we were doing more like three dozen with two dozen being flocked and like maybe a dozen non-mallard decoys and it's a lot a lot simpler way to do it and i love how it looks nice uh then john asked what kind of shotgun you shoot um I got mine right here, actually. Oops. <laughs> Just jammed it in the ceiling, but Browning A5. Pretty sweet. How, how, what, what, what is the price on something like that? Uh, uh, expensive. Okay, over 1000 Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm shooting the Outlander uh beretta a300 and everything that i had read online about it was that it's a fantastic gun and built like a tank and i can tell you i've had issues with it and dan and dan bought one and he's had issues with it so mine freezes up um right now the problem is cycling so i'll shoot the first shell and it won't fully eject the second shell into it or it'll get caught where there's a little gap in there even after i fully clean it and so i i love the gun i just want it to work properly and then hmm. golden boy got a stoger they're supposed to be like tanks and he's hunted it five six times and he's gonna have to send it back right now he has one shot and it won't cycle hmm. his extra shot. here I'll, I'll go get my old gun that's a that's a tank so I'm, I'm actually gonna do a video something to the effect of um fdh shotgun jinx or curse or or something because everything online says the Stogers and Outlanders are great guns. I mean, you just don't hardly see anything negative about those two guns. Which two guns? The Outlander and the Stoger. Hmm. So I got this. This is the gun my grandpa gave me. Browning A5. And it doesn't matter what you do to it. It never jams. It's just, I mean, I guess it jams a little bit. But it's just a tank. And um, it's built in like the 70s. And it's just, uh, but what I is mean, the style of that? Is there a name for that? That style? I don't know how. Right before uh, the, stock, the raised, yeah. What is that? They call it ra- the raised. Like it's, what? Why can't I think of it now? Raised. I guess raised barrel. I don't know. But yeah, just it's only A fives have it, or people yeah. that Browning gave the rights to. Okay. So, and this this gun actually, uh, the whole barrel moves back. And that's how it um, ejects and loads another shell. So, like, if I pull the barrel, you probably can't see that, but oh well, I can't do it. But so it's a semi-auto, <laughs> but you can eject shells by pulling the barrel. 
No, so uh, that's how it loads the next shell. So you shoot it, and the whole barrel comes back from the recoil, yeah. and it comes back and ejects it and grabs another shell and goes forward. <laughs> and does that do that quickly? As quickly as like a Outlander or Stoger or Benelli or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do it on the newer guns. It's just the older way they used oh, okay. to do it. So your yours it doesn't do that. No, no. Okay. Yeah, it's just the old way of doing it. I like the look of those guns a lot. I don't know. I grew up shooting a Browning BPS that had an English stock, which is absolutely the opposite of what that is. The rounded one? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I don't – I actually – my shooting went improved a great deal when I bought a Mossberg uh, 500. And I don't, it's kind of in between that one and as far as – I don't know the right lingo of what's called stock or whatever, but – um i'm just curious as to what it'd be like to shoot a browning like that i like brownings just because i grew up <laughs> well if we ever hunt together i'll let you shoot mine yeah sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah and you know what you want to you want to come to kansas you've got open invite all right well i might take you up on that <laughs> just give me enough advance notice all right will do same with you anytime you want to come up here and come to the arctic north <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I so hope that at some point I can go full time down the road and I can travel a little more. Yeah, that would be, a, that'd be, that'd be awesome to be able to do that. Just yeah. hunt. Like there's a, I don't if you're, have you ever heard of Swift Waters? Mm-hmm. It, and it's like uh this couple, I don't know how old they'd be, but I think that's all they do is they just kind of travel with the migration and. You know, they hunt a bunch of different states and go from like Mississippi all the way up to Wisconsin or something. My dad loves that, loves that channel. Yeah. I watched a couple and I don't know. I didn't, I never went back. <laughs> Not that I dislike it, but my dad loves it because he talks mm. about it. Nice. Yeah. See, I'm like, uh, I watch way too much water. Like all off season, I'm looking for like new channels and new content to watch because there's nothing to watch. I'm like every day I jump on my YouTube and I'm like, there's not, there's nothing new. I'm like, what's going on? But it's like we're not in season, obviously. So <laughs> you get spoiled during season. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching tons of Steven Crowder lately. I don't know. He's kind of a political guy about your age. I'm not huge into politics at all, but <laughs> in fact, opposite way, I try to ignore it. But this guy's super entertaining. Is it? I'm gonna guess who it is. Louder than Crowder. Lou- that, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Did you watch any of that? I've seen him, yeah. I just find him extremely articulate and entertaining. Yeah, he's funny. I'm actually more of a fan of uh, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I, I, I've gone through Ben Shapiro and all his... I love his Q&As because he's he just like crazy. He's Come so on. good at debating, too. Like, uh, he's you know got the, Come on, he's got autism. There's no way he does <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, have you seen where he uh, debated... Uh, uh, what's the guy's name from Young Turks? Oh, I can't remember his name now. But anyways, it's just really good. He's just really good at making his point and debater. I would vote for him for president. <laughs> yeah. Probably. But him him and Crowder's politics are basically the same. Roughly, yeah. And Except I, like I totally don't pay attention to politics, but that's kind of where I would fall. Mm-hmm. I used to be into politics like crazy, and it just got to be so overwhelming and you can't really tell who's telling the truth when you watch the news at all which is one thing that's or great anything. about YouTube, and that's like when you see like people talking on the ground level you can get a better feel for kind of what's true in a way that makes sense 
Yeah. Well, on some of there's stuff, there's some crazy stuff too. Like, like I, I hate to say it too much, but you know, like, uh, have you ever watched Infowars? Uh huh. Okay. Well, that guy just goes a little too far, I think, but he's also right wing. So yeah. And I, I was watching him for a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like you're saying, you probably can tell when it's on the ground, like what's going on, what's true and all that kind of stuff. He's like too far that way. Yeah, well, he's just, I don't know. I, it's so hard to tell with anything. Yeah. Like I watched Milo some, but he's just so like, my wife can't stand him. So he's a troll. Yeah, I know. Well, he, he's a professional troll. Yeah. Yeah. He goes way across the line sometimes, but he, I find him, my wife hates him. <laughs> she hates that I wouldn't even want me watching, but and I don't that much anymore. But he's, he's crazy entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's how she's afraid he'll make me evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's really, really good for politics because he like crosses so many lines and breaks so many boundaries down to what you would. Expect. Yeah, but he's just he's yeah he's a little too far for me too. <laughs> but, yeah. and, and 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 me as well. He is entertaining for politics. Yeah. All right, let's jump back to the next question. Wisconsin was asking about my game night, which I'll, I'll answer that question. All right, go for it. He wanted to know uh, my perception of how I felt that it went, and I was so thrilled with it. So my record on live stream was 81 or two before that night, and, and we got over 100 people, and 75 people participated in the game. So – I was really, really excited about that. Mm. In fact, I've got a second quiz made already. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I was actually pretty disappointed because I was in second place up till the point where I uh, I missed the toothbrush question. I have to go rewatch that video because I could have swore that. I mean, maybe you like mentioned like it, but you're joking or something. I don't know. But like in my mind, I was like so sure, and then I was wrong about <laughs> the toothbrush thing. <laughs> when my son found out I had brushed my teeth with his toothbrush, he was not happy. <laughs> He said he felt betrayed. <laughs> it is That's, pretty gross. That is pretty gross. After that. Uh, but yeah, I've got a second quiz made. And so he, here's what I would like to do with it. Um, I want to do it once a month next season. And I'm hoping that I can get sponsors for it. And so, because I don't want to be giving out prizes every single month. So I already have a couple people that I'm talking to a little bit about it. Because I, I do have people that contact me like the gear best and stuff like that. And it's a way that I could, cause I, and I don't want to just be like sell out to the point where it's just like buy this, buy that. But, but if I can get people to sponsor the live stream and just hand out the prizes for it, then on the live stream, I could say this live stream is brought to you by whoever here's their products. They're providing the prizes. And it'd be a way that I wouldn't have to shell out. Like I've, I've talked to Hunter's Hall maybe about sponsoring one or uh, best case scenario is that they're the sponsor of it. But see, yeah. I don't want to give away. I don't want to give away all, everything that they're. Yeah. 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 You want to get what they give you and then, Oh, you guys get some too. <laughs> exactly. With, yeah, yeah. That'd be a sweet gig. But if I can't find sponsors, I will probably hand out their stuff and I'll do it once a month. And I'm, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm hoping that that really grows because I thought it was, I thought it went really well and I thought people loved it. So I'm really hoping that that can be something that balloons like crazy. Yeah. That was fun. So I think Did next you- Tuesday is the next one, actually. I think next Tuesday is when I'm going to do another one. All right. You guys hear, heard it here first. So make sure to go over there and hit the notification button. Twice. <laughs> <laughs>
You can't just hit it once. You have to hit it twice. Really? Because once means if you look at it when you hit the bell once, it says receive some notifications. <laughs> I did not know that. I've only been yeah. hitting it once. No. I'm going to hit it on yours. Because before, I swear I saw it pop up and say receive some notifications. I don't know. This is only doing it. Maybe it's only. Oh, hold on. There it is. There's the little indicator right there. What's it saying? I lost it. I lost that whole thing. But anyway, yeah. If you look, it still doesn't mean you'll receive notifications every time. Gotcha. The only way that you'll receive notifications every single time is if you frequent that channel a lot. Hmm. Like I, anything that Lyra with Crowder does right now, they notify me on. Hmm. Yeah, I've because noticed I'm that too. Gotcha. All right. Question from uh, Curtain Jack Outdoors. Kurt and Jack Outdoors, what is your threshold for your dog on temperature and or weather? Uh, for me, um, I think I'm going to have to set one because I didn't have one this year at all. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Timbertail, but I hadn't heard of it either. But um, Chief actually came down with it. We hunted like four out of five days and the temperatures were um, consistently in the negatives. Um, like the coldest day was like negative 18 degree wind chill. And, uh, but anyways, so what happens is when they're swimming through the, the water and the ice and all that kind of stuff, it, the tail kind of gets heavy and then they use it from all the running and athletics. And so his tail got so sore that he couldn't lift it up. And so it's just drooping between his legs. And I didn't notice till, um, like the last day of that. And, uh, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with his tail? And so I lifted it up. And when I did that, he winced, like cried out. Um, and so I felt super bad for him. So. Uh, I pushed him too hard, but I didn't realize it. And he, he would, didn't let me know that anything was wrong. You know, he just pushed through it. But I went back and watched some of the video, and you could see that he was uh, his tail was kind of limp during the hunt as well. But he didn't show any, you know, indication that he was slowing down at all. So something I'll have to watch out for in super cold conditions and if we're hunting a lot. And what did you call that, timber tail? Timber tail, yeah. There's a, a bunch of different names for it. Yeah, like I've heard timber... of lump tail and cold tail is what we Limp also. tail, cold tail, yeah. Swimmer's tail, timber tail. Izzy went through a phase of about three or four years of her life that every single year she would get that. And she would get it so bad that she would wander around the house. She couldn't even sit down. Mm. She would, for an entire day, wander around the house and try to sit down, cry, so I was giving her aspirin, like just little painkillers. And finally I had to go to the doctor and get some painkillers for her because I mean, I could tell it was excruciating for her. I'm I'm really not sure. I'm not positive that cold weather actually is the onset to that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, or I guess I don't know, but I, I think it may just be a thing that and all of a sudden she just stopped getting it. Yeah, I think they say that like that it is, it can happen just from overworking because like if you're jumping around and doing a lot of activity and swimming, they use their tail a lot. But mm -hmm. I think the, the part with the cold is if it's cold enough for ice, then the ice builds up on the tail and it's heavier mm -hmm. than normal. So mm -hmm. it wears out the, the muscle faster. Oh, okay. That's from just from what I researched. But it's excruciatingly painful to him though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't happy for that little bit of time. You know, I've got a weather limit set freezer. And first of all, if you, if you acclimate your dog properly, as far as the amount of time that you have them be outside, you don't have to have a temperature limit for them. Um, if you do it properly, they can go out and everything. Um, but if you don't do it properly, and, and by properly, I mean dogs, the, the thickness of a dog's coat is going to vary on how much time they're in the cold. So if you leave if an outdoor dog, they can hunt 
in anything. I mean, coyotes live outdoors, right? So um, I don't accumulate Izzy properly like I should. I try to keep her on the back porch. Um, I have a plan to keep her on the back porch as the temperature drops, and then I never fully implement it properly. But if I would do that, she wouldn't have a limit. But right now my limit for her is about, where did I set it at? 12, 10 to 12. It's kind of the range. 10 to 15. Gotcha. But I found a separate. She hates she hates ice and she hates cold. Mm-hmm. My last dog was so crazy. I mean, shoot, it'd be negative a thousand. She wouldn't care. <laughs> but Izzy just hates. She does not like the cold and the ice. She'll do it though. Uh, Ooh, I'm gonna what? answer this question about China. Can I talk about that? Go for it. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Peter Letter says freelance. Did you sell out to China? And I think he's just joking, but he thought GearBest was interesting, but wish more products were made and sold in the U.S. So I put that GearBest video out, and I I never even thought about it because I actively say this is a site from China. So um, I never, ever thought it would get – I just never crossed my mind that it would get backlash for being Chinese products. And, and I think here's why. It's like what these days – can you show me an outdoor outfitter that is all American-made products? Is there, does there even one even exist? I thought pretty much everything at these points is ma- is manufactured other than specialty items. Isn't pretty much everything manufactured in, in China? Uh, majority, yeah. Like what percent do you think? I mean. Uh, 85. 85? Yeah. yeah. So it, to me, it's so, I mean, the whole buy American thing, that whole, I, 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 I was aware of it like 80s, 90s, early 2000s. But at this point, I'm just kind of in an assumption that every single thing we buy is from China pretty much. Well, I think there is definitely right now a little bit more of a push for that just with the political climate and Trump kind of pushing for that. See, I don't bit. pay attention to any of that. See, someone told me that too, that like, well, it's a big thing with Trump right now. And literally, I don't have cable. I don't know. Like, like when that shooting happened in, where was it, Florida? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it for a couple of days. I mean, we are so unplugged from popular pop culture, which uh, uh, anything that hits the popular news, I call pop culture. Yeah. That I had no idea that even Trump Green was even talking about mm. um, buying American. Yeah. Well, he's, his whole push is like, uh, I mean, to, not to get in politics again, but <laughs> I mean, he's making uh, tax cuts for American companies and trying to get American companies to bring their stuff back. Well, I think that's great. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I'm all for that. Uh, that company contacted me and wanted to give me free stuff and i wanted that free stuff <laughs> there you go yeah i mean i didn't blame you at all so i put out a five minute video so i could get that that's basically yeah there you go yeah I'm... so maybe i did sell it to china i don't know <laughs> <laughs> technically no, from no, what no, i just no. said i guess yes i did <laughs> china <laughs> sold out to you america. i love america i love kansas the most and i love america second <laughs> i think yeah uh I am Kansas number one cheerleader. I don't talk about it much anymore. I did on season two some because I don't want to push people to our state as much as I did. But man, I love this state. Kansas is a really good state. Like you guys have great deer, oh. you have great waterfowl, you have pheasant. I'm I'm Turkey, not gonna lie. Prairie chicken. Yeah. I'm a little jealous because Indiana. I mean, we got mallards and Canada's. That's good, and we got deer, but we don't have like huge bucks like Kansas does. And we got massive amount of snow geese. There you go. Yeah, we don't get snow geese very much either. I think the southern part of Indiana is a little bit better than the northern part. There's just too many uh, cities and too much, um, too many people. 
Yeah, well, we have a, we don't have as near the amount of public land that a lot of places have. So guys around here um, are real sensitive to people coming in from out of state mm. because it's getting really, really crowded. Mm. And, I mean, it's getting really crowded. Mm. See, Indiana's, I think it's got to be like one of the worst states for public land. We still have a lot. It's like, I mean, we're lucky we get to hunt the river, but it's so hard to get private permission to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what choke do you guys use for geese? I'm not necessarily set on a choke. Um, you know, I've used, uh, I've used full, um, but I've used modified as well. I kind of prefer modified, but I'm just not too set on what I want to use for geese yet. I've been switching between modified and full. Yeah, I stick with my, I use, I use improved turn teal season and even as the beginning of regular duck season. And then as soon as. As soon as I have a hunt where the birds won't quite come in and we're shooting them at 30 plus, I switch to modified and then I stay modified the rest of the year. I do have a full choke with me. And the only time I will ever put it in is um, if we're on a hunt where we just have to take shots at 35 to 40, because that's the only thing that we'll get or 35 to 45 then. And I've only done that one time in the last three years where I, cause I keep my chokes with me. Mm-hmm. Well, I will put in a full choke just because that day dictates it but I will never ever start a hunt with a full choke because I, I don't normally pull the trigger on shots that you would need a full choke on. I don't find shooting at geese and birds at 45, 50 yards is something that's even fun because inevitably I'm going to watch something with a leg down or, or, you know, that I've wounded fly away and I'm going to feel like crap about it. Yeah. I don't need the meat that bad just go wounding birds and inevitably with a full choke you are going to wound more birds you're gonna i mean you can kill them out that far but you're gonna wound more birds because if your first shot is at 40 45 yards then your second third shots are at 60 yeah i mean i guess the only thing i'd say different than that is if if you're using a full choke and you're a really good shot and you're shooting close shots then it should be more lethal if you're hitting more pellets in in their face you know but I guess, like you're saying, it's it's going to be hard to do that. Well, the only reason I say that is I know, uh, you know who Tony Vandemore is? Uh, he's, uh, you know who, what Habitat Flats is? Yep. Okay, so he's the guy who started all that. I guess you'd call him like a professional waterfowler. But I heard in an interview, he uses a full choke all the time. And for that reason, he just, he wants to be able to put all the pellets right on their, you know, just be lethal with a full choke or he says he uses the tightest i can't remember which company the tightest one they make and i think he just considers himself that good a shot but i mean i'm not i'll go with this what you're saying the the uh the cylinder the you know the wide open one a lot of times <laughs> i've i've heard that line i've heard that line of reasoning in fact uh josh and outdoor limits said people that use improved cylinders because they're not as good as shots and i think that is completely and utterly false Here's why. It, it just comes down to basic mathematics. I'm those, those the, You don't need that many pellets to kill a bird at 15 yards. You don't need your full pattern to, to, to destroy a bird. So over three years' time, just based on pure physics and mathematics, if you use an improved cylinder or a modified cylinder at shots within 25 yards, you are going to put more birds down than you are with a full choke. And I don't care how good a shot you are because you're not a perfect shot. And with an improved or modified, just based on the mathematics of what it's presenting, you are going to hit the target more often than you are going to be with a full choke. 
no one can, nobody can argue that because I mean, you can put algorithms or not algorithms, you can put equations to prove that. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I, I guess I agree with that. So are you, I mean, if you put a bird on the water at 20, 25 yards, unless, unless you're hunting a spot where it's heavy cover, you're going to, you're not going to lose that bird. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. That's my feeling on it. Yeah. I feel like, I just feel like full chokes are for shooting <laughs> birds. I actually uh, switched to full choke after listening listening to that interview. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be a good shot, and like, it didn't turn out that way though. I just yeah. missed more birds. You don't need many pellets at 20 yards to put a bird on the water. No, you I mean, I've full, you don't need every single BB to hit that bird. Yeah, you just need one one in the head. And if you put if you put a full choke into the breast of a bird at 20 yards, you think you're gonna eat that? You might lose some teeth. Yeah, that's right. You're going to lose some meat, too. Yeah. Uh, humpback is what it's called. That's what the the um, A5 model's called. Okay. Hump? Humpback. Like a camel, I, like I guess. Looks cool. I'd love to shoulder that just to see. From Craig. That may be my dream gun now. <laughs> yes, I didn't have that before. I love how those look. Yeah, I do, too, yeah. And I've seen uh, some that are like part silver and part camo. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those look cool. <laughs> That's my new dream gun. Right there. Thanks, John. Let's see. Uh I can't even tell. How many people have this been holding? Uh well right now. I've been looking. Yeah. Yeah, not not too many. Like uh thirteen? That's yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, there's Iowa Plainsman. Hey, what's up, Iowa Plainsman? Is your podcast going to come on the FDH Survival video this year? I think. Nice. I'm pumped. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> we uh, is my podcast on Podcast Addicts? I've actually never heard of that one, so let me write that down. Uh, I think right now it's on uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. There's another one that the average waterfowlers used to use. I think it's like Podbean. Is that something? Oh, yeah. It's on Podbean, too. That's my hosting site. Okay. I wish those guys. Did you ever watch any of their stuff? The average yeah. Yeah. I think the first one I watched was the one you were on. I like yeah. them. I wish they were still doing it. You know, he quit because he got robbed. And, really? Uh, his, his equipment got stolen. Wow. That's, and that's he just trash. never got back out from under that. I need to reach oh. out to him and see what he's doing. That's those crazy. Good guys. Those guys are good guys. Yeah, they, I liked it. I wondered why they stopped. I just I assumed that they were just uh, weren't getting as much traction as they wanted, or something along those lines. Well, something like that with the format they're doing, you just gotta you just gotta grind it out for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I've been. I think I've. This is my eighth one, but yeah, I think it's gonna take a while to pick up steam. <laughs> It'll probably work better when I can do it during season. Oh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah. It's just hard to get any traction this time of the year. Really hard. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's it for the Q&A. So, uh, let's see if I got anything else on here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, next week, I got Passion passion of Pursuit coming on. Uh, he's got a TV show. Should be a good, a good one. Uh, hopefully, I get in contact with Dr. Duck and... Um, can uh, have him back on sometime in the future. 
Um, but like yeah, a regular TV show like he's on. He like has a TV show. Uh, I think it's on the Pursuit Channel or something. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw an interview with him recently. Uh, he was talking about his faith and stuff. It seemed pretty cool. So, uh, nice. yeah. Hopefully, uh, we get him on. Talk about some duck stuff. It'll be fun. Um, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, any plugs? Mm, not really. Not really. I'm pumped about that video coming out Thursday, though. That's a video turns out nice. That Snowy something video. I'm yeah. Make, make sure you guys are over there checking that out. Uh, anyways, guys, that's all for us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Duck Gun Podcast. And as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate having you guys tuning in week after week. Our podcast is growing. So unfortunately, as you guys heard in the podcast, we were unable to connect with Dr. Duck tonight. But good news, we actually got connected with him later on um, at, a previous, at, at a later time. And that podcast will be posted two weeks from when this one's posted. And in addition to that, we have Passion of Pursuit. Um, we had Passion of Pursuit on as well, and that interview and that podcast will be posted next week, same time, same place. You guys know the drill, and if you guys could do us a big favor and give us a review, it really helps us out a lot with the search results on iTunes. Anyways, guys, that's all we got for tonight, and we'll see you guys next time.